0: And I am so excited. Dr. Sabrina Sterling has agreed to come back. Right, she was on episode sixty-seven. It was an amazing, you know, episode, and she's bravely agreed to uh, be the first one to try this uh, this live uh, broadcast version of this thing. So we so appreciate her coming on. Dr. Sterling is the business psychologist and author of the How to Hire Best series, and the founder of Tap the Potential. Her latest book is How to Hire the Best. The entrepreneur's ultimate guide to attracting top-performing team members. There it is, right there. Yes. And this has been a really successful series. She's had some variations of, you know, of the title in the series before. So, super excited to hear about what's in this new book. I'm sure, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna tie it, to, you know, to deals as we have in the past. I'll tell you what. Her bio is, the rest of her bio is going to be in the show notes. Hopefully, you've heard of before. Dr. Sabrina Starling, welcome back to the DealQuest podcast.
1: Thank you, Corey. I'm excited. And the conversation that we had last time was so we just went in such a good direction with respect to really focusing on how to make the most of your time and freeing up your time in the business. So it's a lot of fun to get to come back and talk about how to hire the best and team members and how that relates to deal making, because it it has multiple connections there. Yeah, no
0: question. And, and, you know, the thing about it is. uh, So one of the things that yeah we did talk about is. Listen, the odds of you being able to do deals to scale your business if you are busy just in the business, right, which is a lot of what we talked on last time, are probably slim to none. And this other piece that we're now talk about, about building team, I mean, one of the ways that you – listen, when I started my law firm, right, I was ordering my own supplies from Staples. I was running my own financial reports. I was doing all of these things that, you know, weren't practicing Lord nor getting business. And, you know, it's only over time that you build team and build systems and, you know, and and get yourself out of that. And then you can focus on growing the firm organically, but also doing deals. And, of course, it makes the firm and the company, whatever organization you have, less dependent upon you so that, you know, you build enterprise value. So that already gave you the punchline. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, And I don't want to oversimplify it, but, you know, that's sort of the punchline. Do you want your business to grow faster? Are you open to new and out of the box ways to drive revenues and increase value? How do you imagine the most successful entrepreneurs and business leaders double, triple or expand their businesses tenfold or more? The answer is deals. This is a weekly podcast featuring conversations with business owners, executives and leaders as we reveal behind-the-scenes details that give you, our listeners, the confidence to pursue your own deal-driven growth. On the show, we discuss a huge variety of deals, everything from large, complex mergers and acquisitions to smaller deals that you can do even without significant capital. My name is Corey Kupfer, and I've been supporting deal-driven growth for businesses for 35 years as a successful entrepreneur, professional negotiator, and attorney. My goal is to help you strategize, plan for, find and complete deals that will help your company grow faster welcome to the deal quest podcast let's get started so I want to dive right into this new book that you have and you know tell us about the book tell us about uh, you know who it's for and you know what people will get out of it when they read it I won't say if they read it I'll say when they read it
1: okay So this book is for you entrepreneurs who want to grow your business. You've been burned by hiring in the past, or you've heard hiring horror stories and you're thinking, forget it. I will just keep ordering my supplies at Staples. I don't want to have to
0: deal with
1: somebody else in the business. This book is for you. And so I wrote this book because probably seven or eight years ago now, I was coaching small business owners who had tremendous opportunity to grow their business. And they were passing on growth opportunities wow. because they did not have the team members to deliver on the deals they could make. Then the main reason we are entrepreneurs is for growth. So what is it like to be an entrepreneur who just decides I'm not going to grow anymore? I'm capped out because I can't get good team members. You know, I, And so I had people coming to me saying, Sabrina, you're the business psychologist. Can you help me coach my business? Warm body team members and make them better employees. And that way I can grow the business that way. And so I tried that and it doesn't work. I will tell you, you cannot take a warm body team member and coach them up and make them into an A player. It really requires for a business to grow, you need a team of A players. And one of the things that I, when I wrote the book, I was in the mindset initially of, We can't get A players as small business owners. We can't afford to pay them because that's what I was hearing my clients say to me over and over. And then one morning I woke up and I just had this question running through my head of what if that's not true? Mm -hmm. What if it's not true that because we're small business owners, we can't compete with the big guys? And so I went out there and I started looking for small business owners who had A players on their teams. And I asked if I could interview them and find out how they attracted those A players to their teams. And Corey, every one of them said to me, I have no idea how I got this person on my (laughs) team. It was luck. And Dr. Sabrina, if you find answers, please come back and tell me because I'm just shooting in the dark. I have no idea.
0: I'm just gonna stop you for a moment here. I really want to hear the rest of this. But you and I in our private conversation in the last conversation talked about some of the work we've done you know consistently and whatever and I believe that Bob Proctor you know his name came up and Bob talks about this conversation of unconscious competence right In other words like he had a similar experience where he'd speak to people they'd have these successes but they had no idea how they did it Right? Yeah. So, yeah. so this idea of unconscious competence is great. But until we sort of pause through that and figure out what the commonalities are and what they really do unconsciously, we can't replicate it. So please yeah. go ahead with Yeah. Context.
1: So spoiler alert, when it comes to attracting A players to your business, everything that you know about marketing to attract the right clients and customers to your business applies to attracting A players. And mm-hmm. so as I started interviewing them, what I found is they were using Networking and word of mouth highly mm-hmm. effectively to attract these A players, but they had not done it systematically. And because it wasn't being done systematically in their businesses, they weren't having repeated success. Yes. Well, when we have a system, when you have the how to hire the best system in your business, you install that, you hone it and refine it, and suddenly your success in hiring A players starts to go up and up and up. So what I've discovered is that when we follow traditional hiring practices that we've all been led to believe that we should do, our failure rate is going to be about 75%. So we have a one in four chance of hiring an A player if we follow traditional hiring practices. Wow. And traditional hiring practices are where you decide you need to fill an opening And you post a job ad, you put it out there on the job boards and applications come in, you look through those applications, you pick the best of the ones that come in, you invite some people in for interviews, you pick the best person out of the interviews and there you go. Well, that's what sets us up to miss hire. And there's a there's a better way to do it. And so that's what I teach in How to Hire the Best is the simple networking strategies and intentional. So we have to start with the end in mind, know what we're looking for, And then use what we know about good networking and good marketing to attract them to our businesses.
0: So let me ask you this, because is that a process that starts when you need somebody or is that something that you're doing? I don't know the answer because I have not had the pleasure of reading your book yet, but I'm going to get it. I know it came out recently, but I had an inkling that's probably a leading question because, you know, because I can't imagine that you just start when you need to find somebody.
1: Now, that's the worst time to start because then you're under pressure and you really are at the mercy of whoever shows up at your doorstep. And you're really picking the best of the worst, because one of the things we forget to think about is a player mentality. A players think and operate and move differently in life than others. And so one of the things if you just wait till you need to hire somebody and you post an ad and you wait to see who shows up. You're getting people who are looking for work who are unemployed. You're getting people who actually are on job boards looking for jobs. That does not bode well for you. (laughs) And so A players move from one opportunity to the next. Yes. And they are usually looking for work or making a transition because they're looking for another opportunity and because they heard of another opportunity. And that's how they navigate. And so we wanna structure our hiring system to cater to what we want to attract, which is a players. And so we want to be networking to attract those a players long before we need them. And the best time to start thinking about hiring is the point in your business where you have steady lead generation, because as soon as you have steady lead generation, the next thing you're going to do is you're going to have good conversion because you're going to work on improving your conversion rates. Well, once you have good conversion rates, now you're going to have a capacity problem. Which is when you go to, which is when most people go to hire. So you want to be doing the networking to attract those A players long before you have that capacity problem coming down the road.
0: This is such an important element, and it, it fits into a bucket that you know. In my work, I call entrepreneurial freedom. Right. So the first of all, where in general, as entrepreneurs, what we really are not looking to do, but unfortunately many of us do, is just buy ourselves another job that happens to be with our own company. Yes. Right. You know, so, but the true entrepreneurs, and I'm not saying that in any kind of judgmental way. I think anybody who ventures out on their own, even if they've created their own job, you know, it takes courage and it takes fortitude not to, you know, rely on someone else for a paycheck. So I'm not judging anybody, but most of those folks that I know, there are some people who are very happy with, you know, sort of having that and they're going to be a solo and they make a nice lifestyle business. And unlike some people in the entrepreneurial community, I don't look down on lifestyle businesses if they're a choice. However, most people I know do want to scale to some extent. They may not necessarily want to be the next uh, Facebook or Tesla or whatever, but, you know, but they want to scale to the point where they're running a true business and where they're, they haven't just bought themselves a job, right. You know, where they can, we talked last time about them being able to take that four week, you know. Yeah. um,
1: So I just, I want to stretch even the definition of lifestyle business, because when you have team, you really do have the opportunity to create a lifestyle business.
0: That's, That's what we say.
1: Right? So you can be away from the business for an extended period of time when you have systems and when you have A players running those systems.
0: Yeah. So, you know, for me, the goal of most entrepreneurs is what I call entrepreneurial freedom. And whether that is just have a business where you can take time off, where you can be with your family, where you can travel, whatever it is your other passions are and have it still run, whether you're setting that up for exit or not, right? It's the same thing. So, but what it also does is it does really prepare you to you know, have a business that builds value, right? Okay. Because businesses that are dependent upon one, you know, or a couple of people are less valuable than Absolutely. businesses that can run without them.
1: Yeah, nobody wants to buy a job. People want to create <laughs> their own job and go out on their own and do that. But no one is going to come along and say, "Hey, I hear you work seventy hours a week. This sounds like a really good opportunity. I, I'm interested in buying that from you.
0: Right. I and, want to pay you millions of dollars to work seventy hours a week. No, no. no.
1: No, no. So building a business with that has a system for hiring a players built into it, now you're adding value to that. And it is part of strategic planning for an exit.
0: So I want to talk about the definition of an A player. Yeah. Okay. Because, you know, listen, I said this to you the last time we were together and you know like you can totally disagree with me. Like, don't feel like you got, I have had a philosophy, like, you know, some people say you can never have all, all A players, right? I think practically the odds of having all A players, you know, it's challenging. Let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. But that's got to be the goal. But I define A players a little differently than some other people. And you tell me whether you think I'm off or on. Mm -hmm. Some people look at A players as everybody's got to be an all-around superstar in everything, right? Mm -hmm. So, in other words, if you are Michael Jordan, to use a basketball analogy, right, you need a bunch of other Michael Jordans. And the way I look at it is, Michael Jordan had Scottie Pippen and he had Bill Cartwright and he had Bill, like he had these, you know, people who were amazing at what they did, but they were not necessarily, you know, the one superstar. And my view is that A players, some of them are role players, mm-hmm. but they're A's in that role of what they do. Exactly. Um, some people disagree. They think, oh, no, no, you need like A players. I'm like, First of all, I think a lot of those A players are going to be running their own show if they if they really can you know have that big vision and do everything. So, in any case, I don't want to drone on. Do you agree with or disagree with my premise that the definition of A players can be within a particular role of what they do, and they're still considered an A player?
1: Absolutely. So, first off, the only people that I know that think that we can be A players at everything is us entrepreneurs. Right. We dilute ourselves, <laughs> and. We all have our own unique gifts and talents where we shine. What I'm doing here with you right now, I'm in my unique gift and talent. I'm talking about what I know well. If you ask me, you know, how to go repair a tire on my car, I'm going to be like, I'm going to look like a, a D player, Corey. So there are certain qualities that exist across A players, but the A players that you need are the ones who have the unique gifts and talents, personality strengths to do the role that you need them to do exceptionally well. And they need to fit with your core values, your immutable laws in your business because that's your culture. So, but the qualities that exist across the board with A players is that we are go-getters, problem solvers, we don't get stymied. You know, if my car gets a flat, I'm going to be on YouTube looking up a video, I'm not going to just sit there and go, "Oh, I give up, I'll wait till someone drives by to rescue me, you know, that whole victim mentality. A players don't do that. We take matters yes. into our own hands. And we're going to try to figure it out. And we're going to use our resources. And that's in us in an entrepreneurial business. That's what is needed is a team full of people who think like that. And we really can't afford to have people who don't think like that in our businesses. and Because payroll is the biggest expense. If we have team members who have more of that passive, I'm just going to wait to be told what to do, we will drive A players out of our businesses. So it is possible to have a team full of A players, but it does not mean that those A players are going to be great at everything. It means they're in their right role, working from their unique gifts and talents, doing what the business needs them to do the most.
0: I love that not just because it was consistent with what I think but because and you said something that is so important that I don't I want to make sure people didn't miss and that is that you are actually going to drive out your A players right if you don't have one of the characteristics that that I believe that A players have is that they want to be with other A players they get frustrated OK, because they've got to deal with C, you know, BNC players. You know, it's the same thing. Listen, I, I talk about in some of the professional organizations I'm involved in and uh, things like that. You know, I've been on the board or whatever. and I'm like, listen, you know, if you don't hold certain standards, like, you know, if you want to attract the top people in a particular industry, right, you need to have other people in a particular industry. Right. And what you can't do is you have to have some sort of standard. That doesn't mean, by the way, that you may not have other programs that support more junior people, less experienced people that help bring them up. Right. But people want to be with peers. All right. Right. And they want to choose the times where they are with people who they can give to support, mentor, all that kind of stuff. But they don't want to live there because they're, you know, most I mean, every A player I know is, is still looking to learn and grow. Yes. Right. I happen to believe you can learn something from every human being. So I want to create that context. However, the ability to really learn and grow comes from when you spend more time with people at or above your level. Like, you know yeah. that if you play sports, you don't get better by playing a sport against somebody who's worse than you. You get play a, better by playing a sport against people who are equal or better and business is that way as well, in my mind.
1: Yeah, absolutely. A players want to learn and grow. They want to be stretched and they want people around them who stretch them. Not people that they have to clean up after and fix problems and clean up messes. It's very frustrating for A players to deal with that. And yeah. so, you know, in terms of getting your business to the point where you have more and more A players on your team, one thing that you can think of instead of just firing everyone, if you don't have any A players or if you only have one and then you're like, <laughs> no, no, Dr. Sabrina's telling me I need to fire the rest of them. This is horrible. Instead of thinking that way, think about hiring. So every time you have the opportunity to hire, Work on how you're going to hire someone who is, if you have D players, work on hiring B players. I mean, that that in itself will make a big difference in your business. But for each role that you hire for, make yourself very intentional. I'm going to go for an A player in this role. And then over time, you will improve the quality. And there's also a tipping point that happens. When you get, if you have a team of five and you get three A players on that team, those two B players and D players, they're not going to stick around. Like they will feel the squeeze from the A players and it's no longer easy to hide out anymore, which is what they've been doing before you had all those A players on your team.
0: Yeah. It's amazing how people self-select out. Well, one of two things happens. I think sometimes they either step up or they self-select out or sometimes if they don't self-select out, you got to make a choice. But it's amazing how often they'll self-select out because it's very uncomfortable for people to be around a bunch of A players and not be uh, operating at that level.
1: Yeah. And, you know, the other thing, too, what's interesting is somebody can show up in your company as a C player and quit and go to work for someone else and shine. And what's Mm -hmm. going on there is a combination of two things. They weren't in a role that was maximizing their unique gifts and talents, and they found a role where they could do that. But there also may have been a misalignment with core values. So that person's core values may not have matched with the company's immutable laws or core values. And so when they go into a different context, they are suddenly an A player. So it doesn't mean that we're A players across the board all the time. I personally have had a job where I'm sure I showed up as a B or C player just because I was miserable. They weren't using my talents. They had me doing other stuff. And I was like, oh, this is awful. And so... For us as entrepreneurs, one of the things we can pay attention to, for those of us who delude ourselves that we're good at everything in our business, one of the things we should be paying attention to is what are those things that we put off, procrastinate on, just don't feel like we're shining when we're doing those things. Those are the very first things we need to seek to delegate and find A players to take on for us because they will do it better than us and they will run circles around us and how they do it. Yes,
0: yes. You raised two things, and I want to make a distinction between them. You said sometimes that they are not aligned with your core values, with your, you know that kind of stuff, and I believe, I think you believe as well. That well, if that's the case, then they don't, they shouldn't be with you. They should be somewhere else, right? You can't right. solve for that unless that. right. But you also said that sometimes they will leave because they're not an A player in the role you have them on, but they find a, you know another place where they can be an A player because of the way the role is defined. So that brings me back to the conversation of. Well, hang on, do we have to lose those people? Or how does people's individual abilities, like some companies have very defined roles and they try to find people who fit into them, right? Yeah. And some companies are more flexible in terms of how they define their roles based upon the unique skills and, and talents and you know where the, where people show up as an a player. So how does this conversation affect how you structure a business and how flexible maybe you can be to find a role for an a player? If they're not operating as an A player in the role you have them in.
1: All right. So we have this at Tap the Potential. We have a role chart where we have people operating in different places on that role chart. I fill two or three roles. We have several other team members filling two or three roles right now. And, but we all have every role that we're in has a clearly defined result that that person who's filling that role is responsible for delivering. This creates a lot of flexibility in the team. We shift people around based on where their strengths are. And sometimes it takes a little while to discover someone's in a yeah. role that where their strengths are not being fully utilized. And what shifts can we make? Where do they really shine? Where are their gifts and talents? And how can we move responsibilities around so they can be in that role? And you know the other thing that'll happen is you might hire someone. They look really good on paper. They had incredible references, and you bring them in, and you're like, "Is this the same person? What <laughs> happened here?" And it, that's a sign right there that you maybe you're bringing them in for a role where they're not using their gifts and talents. And so mm-hmm. you know, tools like People Map, StrengthsFinder, all of those are great to open up the conversation around what are your strengths and what do you enjoy doing and just making it easy and safe for people yeah. to say this part of my job is fun i don't like doing this part i'll do it until we find someone else to do it but i don't like doing this part a lot of times team members don't feel like that's safe to say and so at tab the potential we're constantly having that conversation around tell me what you like what's fun what's not fun let's figure this out and let's keep things shifting and moving so that we're all getting to work from our strengths
0: i love it Yeah, you know, yeah say uh you know for me uh and people have heard me say this over and over again i won't spend a lot of time on it but it's what i call highest and best use yes right all of us to be in our highest and best use areas for me that means that we're great at it but that's not enough we got to be passionate about it as well and that's not enough it's got to have a impact it's got to have leverage it's got to make a difference move the needle right mm-hmm. so we have all three if ideally and listen you know i work every day to have my businesses have everybody you know being in their highest and best use areas it's not realistic to think that you're going to everybody's going to be there 100 percent of the time and that everything's going to get done. We all have areas outside of that. But if you keep that mentality, you know, some people call it people's superpowers or their unique gifts or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. You know, for me, it's, it's what I call highest the best use areas. I think that makes such a huge difference in businesses.
1: It absolutely does. And the other thing that is important is educating your team members about what is the sweet spot of this business. And how do we become what is first off, a lot of team members don't even know what profit means. (laughs) So you want to talk to them about, you know, we exist in business to be profitable, because if we have no profit, we have no cash reserves. And, you know, we could be closing our doors next month. So talking to a team member and helping them understand the bigger picture of what the sweet spot of the business is and how to make the business profitable and how their role ties directly to that. Yeah, it's huge. I talk to a players in a lot of businesses. And one thing that I hear over and over when I ask them, you know, what is the most important use of your time? If you can't get anything else done today Mm -hmm. or, or this week, what are you supposed to do? And I get this look like, oh, I do. I wear all these different hats. I don't know. They want me to do this and they want me to do that. If we can just have that clarifying conversation with the A players on our team, the opportunity for their productivity to go up is exponential.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Let's take a break from the show for a minute so I can invite you to a new way to determine your deal readiness. I created a fast and easy assessment that will determine exactly how deal ready you are. Once you complete the assessment, I use your responses to identify the obstacles that are holding you back from being a deal-driven growth genius. It's as easy as heading to corycupfer.com/assessment. That's corycupfer.com/assessment and filling out a few multiple choice questions. I'll be checking in after the episode to see what your results are. Now back to the show. What is I mean obviously people should get the book, they should learn, but in terms of in addition to just networking in advance What's just one more tip on how you really find these A players?
1: Okay. So, you want to identify your immutable laws in the business, and they come from you the business owner. So, think about the things where you felt really proud of what's going on in the business. That points to a core value or an immutable law. And think about the times when you were really ticked off And that indicates that a core value or immutable law has been violated. And so, identify what that is. And so, if you can identify your your top three to five immutable laws and use those as a screening mechanism, your chances of hiring right are going to go up considerably. Because what you're doing is you're bringing in people who are going to be a good fit for the culture. So, if you can get an A player who matches your immutable laws, you're golden. So taking the time to just sit down and articulate that, that's one of the most powerful tips I can give here. When we take clients through massive transformations in their businesses, you know, in business owners with a year with us going from doing everything in the business to having a team and being able to take a four week vacation, having more money in their bank account than they've ever had before. And when we peel back the layers and we say, you know, out of everything we did for you at Tap the Potential over the last year, what was the most impactful? One of them that I hear is you had me sit down, Dr. Sabrina, and figure out what our immutable laws are, because those drive everything in the business. It determines who you're going to do business with. It determines the clients you're going to work with. And then it determines the team that you're going to build.
0: All right. So let me let me drill down one more layer on that. I'm sure you've got a lot more, you know, in the book, but we've identified our core values, the mutable laws, whatever we want to call them, right? And we're clear on that. How in an interview do you determine, I know there's a big question, so I just want, you can give us one piece of it, right? I know. How in an interview did you determine a match or lack thereof, right? Of a candidate with those values? Because, you know, I mean, it's an interview. So we haven't lived with these people. We don't know really what they're telling us versus who they really are. So, Do you have one tip there?
1: I absolutely do. So you have to remember, I'm a psychologist by training. So I love talking to people and sussing out who they really are. And here's my tip for doing that. Come up with the worst case scenario in your business. I had a client one time who was a a real estate broker, and she was bringing on team members. And she described this worst case scenario where a new homeowner shows up, they're ready to close, and you can't, you know, the owner of the business is gone. The previous owner has not left a key, the family's out in the car, they have their U-Haul, they have five dogs, it's August, they're hot and sweaty, and they have no way of getting into their new home. And I'm gone, I'm out of the country, you can't reach me, what are you going to do? And so when you're interviewing and you ask the candidate that question, you preface it by saying, I know you know nothing about our policies and procedures. I just want you to tell me in this scenario, what would you do? Mm -hmm. And you're listening for how they respond. You're listening for their thought process and they will reveal their values in that statement right there. You know, you're looking for somebody who is going to pull out all the stops. They're going to say, well, I'm going to put them in a hotel and I'm going to get my own credit card out. And I'm going to trust that, you know, the business owner is going to reimburse me for that decision because I'm doing what's in our client's best interest. They reveal themselves in their answers.
0: I love that. I'll throw one out there that I've used that I got actually from, and you can tell me what you think about it, Dr. Sabrina, which is that, you know, I did a, um, many years ago, uh, we took the team and did a Zappos would do these, uh, culture trainings in Vegas, right? Where you can go in. I mean, you can visit their floor and see all the crazy stuff they do to create culture, or whatever. But then they also had sort of a high level executive training program that you could pay for. And, um, I sort of, you know, I was going to say stole, but they gave it to us and, you know, to use in, in the training a couple of things that they do. And one question, which seems so strange, but I, for me, it gets at some of this stuff that I love to ask people because it's not one, and I'm hesitant to even say it on here because I don't want it to get out there so much for people to prepare for it, right? Like, uh, this it is going to be good. <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's a question that like almost nobody's ever prepared for, right? Mm-hmm. Which is part of how you really start to see who people are, right? When they don't have their bad answers. If you had a theme song that played every time you walked into a room, what would it be? Uh-huh. And here's the key follow-up question, and why? Because it almost doesn't matter what the theme song is. The question is the why. Like, why did they pick that theme song? It's unbelievable how revealing that is to who people are. They they often tell, yeah. like, sentimental or family stories or history stories or, or just something on why it inspires them. You know, you really get to feel who they are. It's, it's an amazing question. I've used it for probably a decade now, ever since we did that Zappos training. and it's uh, Wow, that's that's cool
1: here for the listeners to get that question. I'm going to just second that because we run retreats. And one of the ways that we open retreats is having our participants come and bring their theme song. And so we go up to the front and we play the theme song, and then they share why that theme song is so powerful. I didn't even know that. Tears flow and people really share who they are at their core. Music speaks to us. And when we share our why of how we connect to music, we're real, we're vulnerable, we're being our most authentic self. So you have stumbled on an interview question that that's golden.
0: Yeah. And, I, you know, I want to thank that training from Zappos. It's really, you know, and it's so funny because I had no idea you did that. I mean, I think every time we speak, we find that there's so there's many
1: commonalities,
0: alignment, you know, with you and I. <laughs> so, yeah. you know. It's amazing. Okay. Listeners may notice uh, that I did not ask some of my typical open questions because I've asked them already the last time Dr. Sabrina Starling was on, you know, in terms of, you know, and so go back to episode 67, if you want to hear about what she wanted to be when she was a little girl, because it, you know, as I always joke, it probably like, it's almost never what people are doing now. Right. And about her first deal, right. Cause I don't want to re-ask those questions, but I do want to throw out a deal question to you. And, um, can you think of any deal scenario, whether it was for you or a client or what you've seen with, you know, and some of the people that you've consulted and trained and coached, that's just a super fun or interesting or strange or challenging, you know, like a great story around, you know, around the deal experience. Uh, anything come to mind? I know I'm putting you on the spot without any credit. Sure.
1: <laughs> well, let me think through my file here. Of You know, the best deals to me are the win-win-win scenarios. Sure. And And I have to be careful because of confidentiality. so I can't reveal too much. But I will say that Tap the Potential in the last year has been heavily impacted by COVID. And so we Mm -hmm. have had to get scrappy ourselves Mm -hmm. to kind of pivot and readjust. And so one of the most touching deals that I can think of most recently is a client who shared with me something that she really valued about what we do for her that's just no longer possible for us to do. And Mm -hmm. so I said, you know let's take the core of this and let's figure out what is possible. And and so when it comes to deal-making, there's never a no. It's always that question of what is it that's most important to you and what's most important to me? And let's open up our thinking and let's think about what's possible. And that creates that win-win-win that we're all after.
0: Love it. Yeah, and listen, it's been an interesting time. I mean, when we... I'm trying to remember when episode 67 was, I'm doing the math. And I, I mean, where that was probably uh, 10 it months probably ago. So, so we were probably early COVID, right?
1: Early COVID. Yeah. In, yeah a little okay. naive maybe to what, what was really in store. I know at least I yeah, our- yeah.
0: yeah. So it's been interesting because, you know, yeah, I mean, obviously everybody's, most people have had to find a way to pivot. Although there is, there is definitely this, what they call this K economy where, you know, a lot of people on that downstroke have been affected restaurants and retail and some and then there's folks you know a lot of service businesses, certainly financial services where I have a lot of clients. the market had that one dip and came back up and the, and yeah. they're cruising and we've we've been very fortunate so there's such a dichotomy now, but even with the businesses that are doing well, they've had to pivot you know everybody's had to pivot in some way and you know and and it's also you know made for opportunities to create different products and services, but also different deals. I think people are. One of the things that's caused is people to look out for the kind of relationships, strategic alliances, joint ventures, you know, just whatever it is to support each other, right? To, you know, to go through this, get more creative.
1: Right. There's a tremendous opportunity to get creative and to really look at who our top clients and customers are and what are they needing the most right now? In what way do we have, what opportunities do we have to show up and serve that way? Because their needs are very different this year than they were this time last year. And yeah. just having those conversations leads to opportunities and deals everywhere that can be created.
0: Love it. So let's show them the book one more time. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> right? How to Hire the Best uh, series. Uh, so obviously it's the latest book, but there's several of before this. Definitely check it out. I assume people can get it everywhere, Amazon and all the other yeah. places. Yeah, it's, well. it's yeah. on
1: Amazon. And if you want to get some great resources that go along with the book, I recommend going to tapthepotential.com forward slash books with an S at the end. So tapthepotential.com forward slash
0: books. Awesome. And uh, is there an audio version or do not? There
1: is. It is awesome. out on. Uh, it may be already out on Audible, but if if it's not, it's going to be out very soon. Audible is a little. Just can't quite predict when they're going to release it. <laughs> so, right.
0: so either in. either get it now or, or very you know, soon. Yeah, or very soon. Yeah, I was amazed to find when I wrote my book because I've become more so lately, but I was at that time not an audible. I was a reader still. And I was amazed that I think fifty percent of entrepreneurs, you know, do audio versions of yeah. books.
1: Absolutely. And I, I read the book. So you get my tone, my inflection, and I think that's a very different experience than when someone else reads the book. So
0: excellent. So, folks, that's where – and I assume that website without the slash books is where people can find out generally a, about you, right? Tap the Potential.
1: com is that's where them. you can find out all about me and the resources we have to support entrepreneurs in taking their lives back from their businesses.
0: I love it. You know, again, my normal closing question is about freedom, which we've talked about already on the last – you know, so again – Go back to episode 67 if you want to hear Sabrina's answer to the question of what freedom means to her. So to close it out, I'm just going to ask you, what is the thing, because one of the things I love about you and one of the things I think we've really connected with is that you love what you do and you love it because you make such an impact on people. Like, you know, the stories you tell and you've been successful and all that stuff, but the stories you tell are not about how much your company's grown, how much money you made, whatever. It's about the impact that you have on the people that you work with. So I guess I'll close with the question of what is it that particularly about that, that has you be passionate, that just, you know, has you be, I mean, listen, these answers, I know you're in your purpose, right? But what is it about working with people the way you do that has you be so inspired?
1: When I have a husband or a wife or a child say to me, thank you for what you've done with my wife, husband, mother, father, We have so much, our quality of life at home is so much better. I get to spend time with my dad now Mm. and he's present with me. Like it's priceless. Yeah. That's it. That's why I do what I do.
0: And folks, you can see, did you see the, like the impact that that had on, like the emotion that came up? Yeah. And I feel that way with a number of the things that I do. And it's such a gift, not only to be able to be an entrepreneur and, you know, run our own show and make decisions, whatever. But when you do that in a way where you are on purpose and have the impact that you want to have, such so so much so that it makes you emotional. Yeah. Then you that's the ticket. That's the formula. And, and that's the like letting me
1: share what... that, Corey. That's <laughs> that's just awesome to get to say that. It's made yeah. to speak And out. listen
0: and, and listen, that's what you provide for people as well. So definitely check out Dr. Sabrina Starling's work. Check out you know her last podcast with me. I, I so appreciate you coming on and being our first live video plus, you know, typical audio podcast. This isn't the last time we're going to do this, but I am so thrilled that you came back on the Quest podcast. Thank you for being here.
1: Thank you, Corey. I think you're going to have tremendous success with your live video podcast. This is an awesome thing that you're doing.
0: All right. Thank you, everybody. See you next week. Thank you for joining me on this episode of DealQuest, where we help you understand how deal-driven growth can be your ticket to freedom. I want to invite you to a unique way to tap into the wisdom and experience of the DealQuest community. Join the DealQuest Deal Den Zoom calls, a free monthly 90-minute mastermind. In the mastermind, we address all the challenges you may be facing and help support you with the opportunities that may arise in terms of deal-driven growth. You will get input not only from me, but all the members on the call will collaborate and serve each other in a mastermind format. To sign up for the free mastermind, Go to wwwcorycupfercom slash dealden. That's coreycupfer.com slash dealden. I'll see you there. I'm Corey Cupfer. Until next week, wishing you the freedom and financial prosperity that I know your deal quest will bring.